Hi everyone, I'm Rachel Zabonik-Chonko and welcome to the Club Solutions Magazine podcast, brought to you by Theragun, a company that is committed to supporting you, your staff, and your members during this time of need. This episode features Frank Lawrence, the CEO of the Athletic Clubs in Central Arkansas on the topic of COVID-19. We discuss financial tips, what cleaning and sanitizing could look like after the crisis, what clubs need to be planning for when they can reopen, marketing tips, and much more. Enjoy. All right, Frank, first off, thank you so much for taking the time to come on to the Club Solutions Magazine podcast. Absolutely, Rachel. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Pleasure to be here. Yeah, so obviously the main topic of conversation in the industry right now is COVID-19. Can you just give a quick update on what's going on with your facilities right now? What is your status currently in terms of billing? Have you guys frozen memberships, for example? Yeah, great, great question. So we're, we're closed. We're not in full operation. The last day of full operation was March 20th for us. The good news about Arkansas is we really don't have kind of the official stay-at-home order. Our governor's kind of been proactive in how he's led that, and our our stats as a state have been really good. And so he's allowed businesses to kind of, you know, operate to a certain extent. So we, he gave a proclamation. He did name gyms as being a place that needed to be closed. So we closed March 20th. But within that, we're allowed to do some personal training and a little bit of tennis lessons, but really pretty limited services. We are billing our members, and so we uh, we did that in April, but we are giving them a credit for the time that we're closed, but we're spreading it out over the rest of the year. So, for instance, in April, they'll get a one-night credit for the month that we're closed. We, at this point, are kind of anticipating a May 1. That's pretty optimistic, being able to have some sort of operations going again. But if we're not, when we get to May's billing, we'll use the same model. So we'll just have an additional credit that we'll continue to spread out through the rest of the year for the existing, for the new time that we're closed. Okay. Um, And then what are you guys doing to serve your members during this time? I know you guys said you're still able to do a little bit of personal training, but is there any virtual offerings that you're doing? Yeah, we, we are, like I think most clubs are trying to do, and we Really, we're not doing that beforehand, and we ramped that up pretty quickly. Really proud of our team, you know, how quickly we were able to gin that up and really the overall quality uh, of what we've been able to produce. We have it on a YouTube channel and Facebook Live at this point. We're looking at putting it on some other platforms as as we continue to go forward. And I think this will be permitted offerings that we have and maybe a new membership type, kind of a non-access type membership going forward. But I'm, I'm real pleased with that. We are doing a little bit of virtual training, uh, a few clients, you know, that we're kind of continuing to hold accountable. And then, like I said, just very little, you know, tennis lesson here or there. And, and those are typically outside. And then uh, a little bit uh, of personal training. And those two are somewhat outside, but but not much beyond the virtual stuff at this point. Okay. Well, for many club operators right now, their biggest concern surrounds finances. Um, you have a background in banking. Is there any advice that you could give for them on how to navigate the crisis financially? Yeah, well, well there's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, it's a moving target at this point, but you know where we are today for our club, we did apply for the PPP loan, the Paycheck Protection Program. We have been approved for that. In fact, I, before we started this podcast, I actually received my uh, loan documents to sign. So we should probably have money on that program uh, tomorrow. You know, the intent of that program is to help you pay your employees and pay some of your overhead costs, such as utilities, uh, rent and or mortgage expenses 
for about an eight week period of time. So we're, we're pleased with that. We're going to be able to take care of our people through that process. There are other loan programs and even some states have some other assistance programs out there, but that's the one we're taking advantage of right now. And I think it's going to, I think it's going to help us buy some time. Like I said, if we open up mid-May, early May, maybe even as late as June 1st, this will help kind of keep our staff intact by being able to pay them. Yeah. Any other financial tips, um, such as making sure that they go through all of their line items or maybe the possibility of opening up a separate bank account? Yeah, definitely on the PPP loan and really any funds I think you get that are kind of COVID-related activities, we are setting up a a separate account. The PPP loan is a a grant disguised as a loan or a a loan disguised as a grant, I guess. And so, you know, most of it we think is going to be forgiven. Uh, So we want to create a great audit trail. So we're going to open up a separate account. This, the only deposit that will go into that account will be the the loan funds. And then the expenses coming out of that will be just for payroll, utilities, rent, and or mortgage uh, expense. So we can have a great audit trail so that that's forgiven. Outside of that, I think as operators, the thing you need to be doing in an environment like this where either A, you have no cash flow coming in or B, great reduced cash flow, which again, even though we're billing members, our cash flow is probably going to be 50% of what it normally is on a month, maybe even 40% of what it normally is. So you've really got to hoard cash. And by doing that, you've got to go through every line item of, of expense. Uh, I, I joked with some folks the other day, one of the expenses we were going through and looking at our expenses and there was a $10 Spotify subscription. And we talked about, do we need to cancel that or not? And I said, well, gosh, let's cancel it. And then we said, no, we're still streaming. So we need that, uh, that Spotify subscription. So we, we're looking at every dollar we're spending trying to preserve cash when we're really kind of down like this. Yeah, during this time, you really can't let a single dollar go to waste. That's right. And, you know, one of the other things you might do in addition to like the separate account is if you think you're going to have additional expenses related to this, you know, additional PPE type expenses, masks, sanitizers, the things outside of your normal operation costs, uh, additional cleanings, et cetera. You might just have a line item that's related to COVID, right? That way you're kind of able to track, gosh, you know, COVID cost me an extra X dollars over the course of the year. It just may be another way you can track some, some expense that way. Yeah, that's a great tip. Another big area of concern for many operators is their team and just making sure that they're staying engaged with them. What are some tips for keeping employees engaged during this time that you could share? Yeah, so a couple of things for us in particular. Again, we, we've been able to do some projects at the club, painting, cleaning, obviously, uh, moving equipment around, kind of now pivoting and preparing for what it looks like when we open or, or at least kind of have uh, some sort of services we're able to offer uh, in, in the weeks ahead. So we've, we have teams of staff that are doing those types of things. And then, you know, one of the other things we're doing is we're having different groups of staff contact members. So for instance, in the morning time, we've got a couple of great personalities that have great relationships with our, our members that come in the morning. And, you know, for the last week, they've been calling those members and it's just simply, hey, we're here for you. We, we miss you. And it's been incredibly well received by our members. And it's a way to stay engaged with the members. And then it's also a way to use your staff and stay engaged, them stay engaged with you. So it's kind of serving all types of purposes related to members and staff that way. 
Yeah, you mentioned some special projects that you guys are doing right now. What? How are you planning to reopen? Are there any tips that you can share for other operators and maybe what they should be thinking about? Well, you know, again, I, I've been listening to Blair Mahaney a lot lately, and I think a lot of what he says, and if you haven't heard his other podcast out there, I think he did one with Brian O'Rourke. I know he's done several with you guys, Rachel, and and so a lot of what he talks about is that we really have to be promoting how clean we are and how our cleaning protocols and those types of things. So I think that's obviously number one. We want to make sure our members and our staff are comfortable coming back into our environments, whatever that looks like. Then, you know, what is it going to look like? I talk about that. I think there are three key things in the world that, that we all need to be looking for. And the first is is testing, you know, how how rapid is the testing, how widespread is the testing. In, in addition to that, the testing for antibodies and those types of things. But that's kind of one key component out there as a society. The other then is some sort of treatment, just like you have Tamiflu for influenza. Is there some sort of treatment that diminishes the symptoms of COVID? And then the third is uh, some sort of vaccine. And until you really have the third one, the, the first two are going to be really critical about how well we're able to move around as a society. And until that, uh, then I think this new world of social distancing, uh, obviously the emphasis on hygiene and protection uh, are going to be there. And so I think as, a, as you prepare to open, I think you have to be prepared that you're, you're going to have to implement the cleaning and hygiene protocols for staff and members. And then you're going to have to implement the social distancing component. And that may look like you have, you know, limited number of people at the club at, at limited times. People are spread out. People are having to reserve their spots, whatever that, that may look like for your particular club. But it may be that way for a long time. And I'm, when I say a long time, to me, that's kind of 6, 12, 18 months until you start to see one of those one, two or three things begin to really take form in our society. I know some clubs are even already purchasing thermometers so that they can check their staff's temperature before they come on. Is that something that you guys are doing? It is. And obviously they're hard to find. So we're looking everywhere we can to find them. In addition to masks, other protective, we do towel service at our club. And, you know, so we're looking at trying to secure our own PPE for our staff to be able to kind of pick up towels and, you know, handle towels and those types of things. So, yes, we're trying to secure all of that and be ready when we do have some sort of uh, activity with members. And even in this time where right now I still maybe only have a handful of lessons a day or a handful of personal training sessions a day, we're, we're starting to screen people uh, as they come to the club, staff and members. What about, you know, having more money dedicated to your budget towards keeping your center safe? Is that something that club operators should be thinking about? Yeah, I think so. You know, we typically just in our operations, our cleaning crews, I mean, we, we have people that do some cleaning during the day, but we don't have kind of what I call a full dedicated housekeeping during the day. We do most of that activity at night. Everybody that does it for us, they're in our own staff and our own employees, but we do all that at night. Well, we're going to add a whole new crew now. We're going to do it all during the day as well as at night. So we're going to, you know, almost double that budget for cleaning, sanitizing, and disinfecting. And I think, you know, that may be, that may not be enough. It may need to be more than that uh, on a go forward basis. Again, especially as you look at the society until we start to have some sort of vaccine for this thing and, and people feel safe about really not social distancing the way that we are today. 
And now we'll take a short break to hear a message from our sponsors. Theragun, the leader in percussive therapy, is committed to supporting health clubs and their members during this time at home. By offering at-home how-to videos, giveaway options, and retail partnerships, Theragun can help you connect with your members on a more thoughtful level while enabling you to bring in revenue. Theragun is also helping the community by donating 300-plus devices and thousands of masks to support hospitals around the world. Well, what is your view of the short and longer term economic consequences of COVID-19, especially as how, how it relates to the fitness industry? Yeah, uh, it depends on the moment. I'll tell you right now, I'm a little bit more optimistic, but you know, if we had this podcast in, in an hour, I might be more pessimistic. And you know, maybe the best way to look at that is when you're looking at your cash position uh, and you're managing cash, you need to be very pessimistic about it. And uh, but when you're looking at serving your staff and serving your members, you need to try to be optimistic about it. I think we shared that maybe in the, the roundtable discussion we did a week or so ago. And, and I think that's a great way to look at it. But I think short term, I'm, I'm, again, pretty pessimistic that the social distancing, the normal activities that we have before this uh, in early March or late February, we're not going to see those types of things for a while. I, I live in the South, Rachel, and, you know, SEC, Southeastern Conference football is a religion in the fall. Uh, and that really kind of gets started late July, early August and, and, and goes all fall. But I'm, I'm concerned whether we're going to have that. And, uh, you know, so that, that gets you kind of pessimistic about uh, the way things may be if you don't have football, you don't have those types of activities out there. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's a good point. Another one that Bill McBride made recently was that, you know, this crisis is going to have an impact on the consumer's mindset. Some people might be more depressed. They might have more anxiety, especially because they can't participate in some of these activities that you just mentioned. Is that something that you're already thinking about is just how the consumer's mindset will have changed? Yeah, very, very, very much. I mean, it's, uh, again, I think the consumers uh, are going to act differently and, and uh, think differently. The flip side of that, and again, if you do think about the optimistic side of that, what we provide is we do provide a community. I think a lot of people come to clubs like mine and, and clubs of, of people that are listening to this because they love society, uh, the, the connection, the human nature connection that they get at our clubs. And even if it is at a social distanced a new world, uh, they're still going to want that. So if if you if you manage things properly, I think there's an opportunity to capitalize. And yes, the the psyche of the consumer is going to be different. But you know what we provide is that human connection. We provide the endorphins through the workouts and and that human connections uh, that are very positive. So I think there's some opportunities for us uh, on the other side of this as well. Even though you, you can get pessimistic about it. Yeah. How are you communicating with members and prospects to keep them updated and engaged? And how often are you doing so? Yeah, that a good, great question. So we we're doing it a, a, lots of different ways. One, social media. We're on there every day, obviously, with our live streaming and, and communicating there. Uh, as I described just a second ago, I have a number of staff contacting kind of their community and talking to them. So that that's another way. And then uh, our website, you know, we have our COVID update on there. Obviously, they can email us and contact us through that. And then we are sending out kind of emails. We really are not a club that sends a lot of emails out, uh, usually three, maybe four times a month. 
and that's probably about what the pace that we're still on. So we're really doing it kind of not in big uh, uh, shotgun style blasting out there, but trying to be a little more precise in the communities that we're talking to through staff and social media and then limited email blast. Whenever you do get the clear to reopen, are you is there going to be messaging that you're going to be anticipating presenting through that marketing that might have been yeah. different prior to this? Yeah, obviously. And again, we, we, we kind of referenced Blair and I think he's done a great job of beating the drum of we've all have to be marketing and communicating and promoting our cleanliness, you know, kind of what we're doing, how we're doing it. It, it. Perception is definitely reality in this. We have to have very visible things out there as far as wipes, sanitizers. Again, you hear me talk about having daytime crews cleaning in addition to our regular nighttime work that we do. Things have to be very, very visible to the members and making sure we communicate that not only through the visual, but what they can see and touch. And then also through, uh, you know, your normal channels of social and email communication to, to members. Yeah. So one other thing in terms of the virtual offerings, do you see these as scalable solutions or just band-aids that are being implemented temporarily? Yeah, I think it's both, right? I think right now it is temporary for us. I think there are other clubs that have been much better at this and, and it, it, they've maybe even been able to capitalize on it more. But, but for us, it's temporary right now, but I do think it is something we're going to capitalize on. And, and once we kind of get back into an operating mode, I envision that we'll put this kind of behind a protected wall where members have to log in. It may be included in their membership, or as I said, maybe, you know, previously it's, it's a way that members can have an ac a non-access membership to the club. They can still do their favorite classes. They can still do, see their favorite instructors and they pay a reduced fee. They're just not using the club. They're just doing it in a virtual setting. So I think there's an opportunity there, but we need to move it on a platform or behind some sort of protected wall and uh, be able to do that for members so yeah well and, and i know you mentioned youtube live is a technology that you're using um, are there any other technologies that have been helpful to serving members virtually yeah for us right now youtube and facebook have been what we're using i know a lot of other clubs have used zoom i think that's worked pretty well for them but for us youtube and, and facebook were, were the easiest to to kind of you know prop up and, and get going again we're looking at probably a half a dozen other ones and, and I think that's when we'll move it behind some sort of protected wall, you know, going forward. How can a club operator set themselves up for success when planning to reopen? Any other final tips or pieces of advice you could share on that front? Yeah, I think it's just, again, trying to figure out where these opportunities are, how to serve members differently. I, I don't know. Those are all the questions we're all asking, I think, every day. And I think that's continuing to change. You know, one of the things, you know, and I think you've written about it, that about me before in articles, but I think we, we have to look at other industries. You know, I'm anxious to see what Disney does uh, when they get ready to reopen. I think that'd be a cool thing to look at and study and see what they're doing, how they're engaging people. Same with, you know, great restaurants, the Danny Myers of the world uh, in the restaurant industry. What are they going to do? How's the hotel industry going to handle these things? All that hospitality and entertainment world. I think those are great places we can look at cues to maybe help us capitalize on, on opportunities there. I know I look at all those industries already, so I'm, I'm anxious to kind of see how they continue to evolve and, and figure out how we can take advantage of that. Yeah, no, that's a great tip.
Well, those are really all the main questions I had. Are there, are there any other final pieces of advice or words of wisdom you could share? Yeah, I mean, last thing I would say is, is look, this, this thing, you know, I can tell you right now, my wife's mad at me. I was not a great husband this weekend. And uh, I was just with some guys doing a workout. And it's just so easy to be negative and get depressed and get down. So the words of wisdom I would say are, are a couple of fold. One is you need to move. You need to get some endorphins going. You need to do the things that you, you try to stay healthy to, to keep some clarity in what's going on because you need to be thinking about what's next. How are you going to continue to, to be nimble in this time? And it's a, it is a moment to moment, day by day, week by week, month by month thing is this this continues to unfold and so uh, move be healthy have some clarity and then be an information junkie now that adds to the pessimist pessimism I think it can make you depressed but you need to get information from all types of places to help you make these decisions so look look at other industries look at other news things and uh, just try to be an information junkie while you while you try to navigate this awesome well, I think that's it, Frank. I well, really appreciate thanks. it. You bet, Rachel. As always, thank you and Club Solutions and Peak Media for all that you do for our industry. And uh, again, very excited to be here and, and glad to talk to anybody anytime. Feel free to email me or text me on my cell phone. I'm glad to give that out to anybody. So, you know, just feel free to reach out to me at any point.